angelic messages that are tied in to the Christmas story. Next week, we'll look at the angelic message that came to Mary and how that impacted Mary's life and what Mary's response was to the voice that spoke to her. Today, we're going to look at somebody different, and we'll get to that in a moment, but let me just say that we're, again, we're entering into a strategic time of the year, church family. If, if you know people who need to know God in their life, and I trust you do know some folks like that, that, that just need God in their life, they will be more receptive to an invitation for church at Christmas than maybe most of the other times of the year. And we have two nights of Christmas Eve services, Monday and Tuesday night, Christmas Eve Eve at 6.30 and Christmas Eve at 5.30. We'll have handouts for you to start using next week so that you can start inviting people to come one of those two nights and uh, make an impact in their Life. As I said, today we're starting a new series. We're talking about hearing from heaven. Welcome to those of you who are here for the first time. So good to have you with our CFAM and those who are online listening as well. Uh, we appreciate uh, you being with us. Christmas, how many of you know, could be spelled for many of us Chris Mess? All right? It can be messy. Anybody have that? Where it can just be messy. You know, there's, there's lists to be made. There are lists to buy. There are work parties, sometimes with people you already spend enough time with. Okay, let's just get real. And so you have relatives that you like and others, right? And you have to hang with both over the holiday season. And then on top of all that, there can be f- tremendous financial stress. How many know that? Where it's just pressured and you want to do good and you want to do stuff and, and all, but yet you're already uh, struggling and so it's just tough. And then I know for many of you, it's a struggle with kids because the kids are split between homes. And so they have to go and spend time over there and then over here. And and so that can be tough because you're trying to make everybody happy. And you just can't make everybody happy. And and so Christmas can be a, a mess. It can be a struggle. It can be tough. But I don't care how much of a mess you have in your family or in your life. Chances are there's a person we're going to look at today who could top your story. And his name is Joseph. Right, Because when you've got a plan and you've got it all laid out, oh, man, me and my babe, we're going to be, oh, it's going to be happy ever after. This is going to be awesome. I'm true to her. She's true to me. And, all. and then that all changes, right? And so we're going to look at the story in Matthew chapter 1. And I had the first service do this. We don't always do this. But today I would like for you to stand in honor of the reading of God's word, if you would. And so we're going to read from Matthew chapter 1. And uh, you can find your place. If you don't have a Bible with you, we'll have it up on the screen for you to look at. 
This is the story of the birth of Jesus beginning in verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind, how many of you can come up with some things in your mind? How many of you, you know, when life throws you some stuff, you can come up with some stuff yourself, you know? And you can say, ah, I know what I'm going to do about this. Ah, oh, I'm going to figure this out. Hello? Right? And so he comes up with something, and, he, and here's what he comes up with. I, I'm going to divorce her quietly. I, I don't want this to get out. But after he had considered this, there could be some things you're considering doing today that are of your own scheming, your own ideas, your own thoughts, in your own situations that you conjure up in your mind. And here's what he says. But he had a dream. The Lord appeared to him. The angel of the Lord spoke to him and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as, as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. You don't even have to have a sonogram, all right? You don't don't even have to do ultrasound here, Joseph. I'll just save you some money, okay? Because I'm going to tell you what sex the baby is. And and you're going to even not have to look online through all those naming things, you know, all those naming books everybody wants to give you when they find out you're pregnant and tell you what not to name your kid. Anybody with me on that? Don't name it that. I knew one of those. (laughs) Is that just my family? I'm just, okay. So anyway, I'm just working out my issues, okay? So hang with me here. Uh, Because you give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet Isaiah The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that your blessing will rest on it and you'll help us to receive it into our hearts and lives. Your message for us today in Jesus' name, amen. Before you sit down, here's the title to today's message, Finding Purpose Behind Problems. Finding Purpose Behind Problems problems. Turn to somebody next to you and say, this might be for you, and then you can go ahead and sit down. How many of you know that pain 
is easier to endure if you know there's a purpose behind it, right? Not like, you know, if you're going through pain for a reason, then, then we can handle that a little bit better. But if we don't feel like there's a point to the pain, then that, that, gets, that gets tricky, doesn't it? You know, I haven't had surgeries really. I, the one surgery I had was tonsils removed when I was really young, and I mostly just remember popsicles, you know, and uh, soup and stuff like that. But the purpose for that surgery was I was having a lot of sore throats, high fevers. I was getting sick a lot. And so the doctors recommended to my family that, hey, if we take his tonsils out, he should do better. And in fact, I did and hardly ever get a sore throat to this day, thank God. But you may have undergone some other surgery. The reason why you allow yourself to go under the knife, you know, and somebody in a room that you trust knows what they're doing, cuts open your knee, for example, and takes out stuff that isn't working and puts new stuff in. And the whole reason why you go through that is you believe there's a point to it. Right? You, you think there's a point to this. There's a point to this pain, and, and it'll be better. And God steps down and tells Joseph, I know you don't understand this mess that you're in. And you think it's just a mess, but I'm telling you it's about the birth of miracle in the world. And so the first thing you can write down that Joseph learned is there's a point to your pain, the point of your pain. Joseph, there's a purpose behind the storm that you're in. And I've got news for you today. There's, There's a purpose in your storm, if you look for it. If you're looking at what happened then then you're looking at the wrong thing. You're looking at what happened, and God's looking at why it's happening. It's happening for a reason. It's happening for a purpose. See, I don't like the what happened, but I can trust the why it's happening. That God maybe is getting something ready. God's, God's doing something that I can't see. He's doing something behind the scenes. He's doing more than what I can take in because here's what God does. He takes those things that are the good and the bad and he works all things together for the good of those who love him and those who are called according to his purpose. How many believe that? Right? You, maybe, you, maybe you've seen that in your life, and you, and you don't see it today, you see it in five years, right? Or even five months or five days. That's, that's when you see it. You look back and you're, oh, okay, that, that makes sense. I see what God was doing because pain will bring a, a power of his presence into our life, sometimes unlike anything else and can help us more than it hinders us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul talked about a situation in which he said that God brought a gift into my life. 
And we think, oh, man, that's like Christmas, you know? Ooh, that's good. I, I love getting gifts, right? And Paul says, yeah, yeah, I got this gift, and the gift, listen, was a thorn in the flesh. How many not ready to sign up for that one today, right? Don't want that one under the tree. And Paul says, oh, I, I was given something. It was a thorn in the flesh. And then he goes on to call it a messenger of Satan. I'm telling you, I know where it came from. It's like from the pit of hell. You ever felt that way? And, and here's what Paul teaches us. He says, I went to the Lord and I prayed three times for him to take it away. Have you ever done that? Prayed more than once? And, you, and you're praying again and God, get rid of this. Get this out of my life. I don't need this thorn. I don't, I don't need this. And he says, and, and here's what God did. God said, no, I think I'm going to leave it. I, I think I'm going to leave it right where it is. But here, here's what I'm going to do. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Paul says, so now what I'm going to do, I'm going to boast about my thorn. The devil thought that he'd get me down and I'd quit because of my thorn. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to get louder than what I was before. It's just going to serve me to know that God is with me because he said he's never going to leave me or abandon me. He'll go with me always. His grace is sufficient for me and his strength is made perfect in my weakness and it will be accomplished in my life. Right? And so that's what Paul learned. And so Jesus maybe is working something in your life today. The Holy Spirit's working something in your life today and you think it's a thorn and it's really a, a, a victory in your life. It's really something that's gonna lead to something great. See, Joseph didn't understand the gift because it came wrapped as a problem. And there could be something in your life that you don't recognize is a gift because it's come wrapped as a problem. It's come wrapped as a challenge. But see, there's a point to your pain. And that can help us to learn and grow through the process. And here's the second thing to write down. It's the potential in your pain. There's potential in your pain. The, I, the guys, we, we don't understand this, but let me just talk to the ladies for a moment, all right? We, we don't understand childbirth, right? And men can say stupid stuff, I'm told, right, during, during the childbirthing process, you know, even the whole nine months and say crazy, crazy stuff. But women undergo this pain like men don't understand. And how many know there'd be less children on the earth if men had to give birth to the children? Come on, ladies. I'm talking to you right now. You, you go ahead and shout a little bit. I, I thought I'd hear some higher-pitched amens right there, okay? 
And, and so, so the ladies know. But here, here's what I've been told. What I've been told is you go through that and you go through however many hours and, and whatever uh, uh, pain and whatever and suffering and stuff. But, but all of that kind of fades and you'll sign up for it again <laughs> after you're holding something, right? Or somethings, right? All of a sudden, you're ready. Yeah, yeah, it's time to have another. And, and, and so you'll do it again. And, and the reason why is there's a purpose in it, right? You see the potential in the pain. You see the potential in the problem. You see the potential of what could be. And to Joseph, Joseph is like, God, I understand this. I'm going to have to figure something out. I I know I'll I'll just work this behind the scenes and nobody will know and whatever. And what, what God says is, hey, you're thinking I'm not there. I'm right there. I'm right in the middle of your mess. The Holy Spirit has not left you. As a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit is all up in this. And I'm telling you today that the Holy Spirit is all over your situation if you're a believer. He said he wouldn't abandon you, he wouldn't forsake you, that he'd go with you always. And he says to Joseph, he says, I'm telling you, there's a purpose behind it, and here's what it is. Savior, God with us. God with us. See, and and then, then he was. Jesus was with us. And he walked on the earth for about 33 years. And then when he was getting ready to go, he and the disciples are like, no, you can't go. This is not good. You're finally back. We thought you were gone, but now you're back. And that's great. And, and we need you here. And he says, no, you don't need me here. What you need is for the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, he called him, the one who would come alongside, that word means, the one who will be your helper, your guide, your the presence of God in your life he that's with you he's going to be in you right how many are glad for the holy spirit right and and he's he's going to be with you and in you and and so what we need to do is sometimes we forget he's still with us when the problem's there he's still with us when the mess is there He's still with us when it isn't turning out the way we would like for it to turn out. But the paraclete, God's helper, is right there. Have you ever watched one of these movies where where these two guys will get back to back and they'll have like two guns in their hands? You ever seen one of those? And they'll get back to back and they'll say, let's go. And it's like, I got your back, you got my back. And as long as we got each other's back, nobody can get us. We'll just go in there and we'll take this thing. We'll take this place. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit has got your back. The Holy Spirit has your back today, regardless of how you may feel and what you're going through and what situations are and the stress level that you may feel today is because you have forgotten who's in you, who's with you. He will come to the rescue, but he doesn't always do it like we would do it. How many know that? 
See, and, and, and what happens is in John chapter 11, there's a great story. I'll just paraphrase it for you. There was a, a guy named Lazarus, and he was a close friend of Jesus. Most people, when reading the Bible, it looks like Jesus would go to his house, and he'd hang out with he and his sisters a lot, and things like that, and maybe took breaks of ministry, hanging at their house and things. And so when they sent word to Jesus that Lazarus was sick, and it looked like he was going to die, here's what they say. They say, the one you love is sick, and you need to come. They don't even call him by name. They say, well, Jesus ought to know who we're talking about. It's the one you love. And how many know if he loves me, he's going to do what I want him to do, we think. And so here's what the Bible says in John chapter 11. You can read it this afternoon. Here's what it says. It says that when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Now, what is up with that? How many, we done told you what you need to do, Jesus. You, you need to follow us. You need to come right now. And Jesus just hung where he was for two more days. And, and so the Bible says that, that then he decided that he, he would go on. That, that, he, that the sickness, he says, is not, it's not going to really lead to death. Now, that's going to be tough to understand in a little bit, too. Because he says, it has a purpose. There's a purpose for this, for what's going on right now. And the purpose is that God will be glorified. That God's going to be glorified through this. And so later, Jesus says, well, okay, we're, Lazarus has fallen asleep, and we're going to go wake him up. And the disciples said, oh, well, that's good if he's sleeping, because he'll get better. And Jesus like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> he's dead. That's what I, I'm saying he's dead. <laughs> Just dead. And so then Thomas said, oh, well, let's go with him that we may also die with him. Great encouragement, right? Got any of those people? And, and so they get there, and here's what happens. Martha runs out to Jesus, and she says, if you had been here on time, if you had been here on time, my brother would still be alive. But because you stayed, I don't know what you were doing, that was so important. We sent word, and you didn't get here, and now he's dead. And Jesus says, do you believe that I can do whatever? And she says, well, Lord, I, I believe whatever you would ask of the Father. He'd he give it to you. And he, said, and he says, well, your brother's going to rise again. And she said, oh, well, yeah, we love talking about that at funerals, you know. That's always what people talk about at funerals. Well... You know, we'll see him again, and won't that be good and all. But in the meantime, he's dead, and I miss him, and I'm going to keep missing him. And he says, hold on, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, 
yet shall I live. Do you believe this? And she says, I believe. And Mary runs out, and she says the same thing. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would be alive right now. But you weren't, and he's dead. And Jesus said, we're going to take care of this. He said, roll away the stone. And I love the way the King James, I grew up with King James Bible. Some of you don't even know what that is. But, but King James Bible is like King James English. And so on this particular verse, I love the way it's translated. They said, by now he stinketh. That just sounds nicer, doesn't it? He stinketh. He stinketh. Because he'd been in there four days. And, and so, uh, you know, we're, but Jesus said, roll away the stone. They roll away the stone. And, and then he does this. He says, he prays, but he prays out loud. And here's why. He says, Father, I know you hear me. I don't have to pray out loud because I know you hear me. But I'm doing this because they need to know that you hear me. And it's going to be prayer right now. It's going to be you and your power that's going to do something here. And so, God, let your name be glorified through this. And so then he shouts out the name of this fellow who he loved and, and he says, Lazarus, come forth. And this dead man comes out of the grave. And Jesus said, get those grave clothes off of him and let him go. And he was raised completely from the dead. How many know that sometimes it looks like Jesus is late? How many of you know that sometimes it looks like I had the plan. Here's what you need to do. God, all you need to do is bless my plan right? Just bless my plan here. I got you covered, God. I got it all figured out, and all you got to do is zap it, you know, and it'll all be good. And then God doesn't do what you want him to do, but he does something bigger, and he does something better than what you want him to do. Come on, somebody. See, the reason why at this time of the year we sing joy to the world is not because we look around and see so much joy all over the world. We can look around and see a lot of heartache. Go to India like, like we've done, and, and, and you can see some heartache and sorrow. We don't sing joy to the world because there's so much joy to the world. We sing joy to the world because the Lord has come right? He has come, and that's the reason why we have joy. We have joy because God is with us, and, and Joseph, you got an opportunity here. You got an opportunity to honor God because, Joseph, this, this is bigger than you. Man, this is, this is so much bigger than you. This goes back hundreds of years to a guy that you've never even met called Isaiah who gave a prophecy about who Jesus would be because, see, God's had a plan for hundreds of years. Isn't that amazing? How many know he's even had a plan for you? The Bible says he, he knew you in your mother's womb, knew you before you were born. He saw you before no one else, anyone else saw you. 
And he's working his plan, and he says he will be called Emmanuel because here's God's plan. God's plan for Joseph is God, divine invasion of the planet. Coming in and showing us his presence. Joseph honors and trusts God in the mess, and I'm telling you, that's what God's calling you to do. How many know that's not always easy? To honor God in the mess. That means when people, you know, show up at your house and they make you feel small and you're like, oh, I knew they'd do that. Hmm. See, I knew Aunt whatever. She'd come over and she'd have to have something to say. She'd have to, hmm. Yep. I knew. I knew where this was going. How many of you know it's hard to bless people? who hurt you, to do good to those who do evil, to turn the other cheek, to bless those who curse you. And and so whether it's at work or school or home or through the holidays, God calls us just like Joseph to take on a new attitude about our situation, to switch gears. And I'll tell you, What will help you switch gears more than anything else? You you ready? It's serve somebody else. If you just go try to lift somebody else up, you know what will happen? You'll get lifted up. I had somebody after first service, they said, I'm telling you, that's the way it was in my life. I was so defeated, so discouraged. I had lost someone I was praying for, and, and, they, and they left this planet and were gone. And then I started talking to my neighbor who was battling a terminal illness, and, and I said, well, is there anything I can do? She said, well, no, not really. We're just trying to make ends meet, trying to keep up with feeding everybody and whatever. She said, I start cooking them a meal every week and taking it over there. And she says, it was the best therapy I could have ever done because it lifted me. It helped me get through my time of sorrow. It helped me. I I couldn't believe what it did for me. I don't know what it did for them, but what it did for me was worth it. And, And when we begin to serve others and help others, it's amazing what will take place. And it's a great time of the year to do stuff like that. Because the whole world, how many know, they're all singing about Jesus right now. For the next 25 days, they're going to be singing about Jesus. And so you and I can step into that arena and show Jesus. People are open to an invitation to hear from God. Now, who could you be an angel to? Who who could you deliver a message from God to? Who could you speak to? Who who could you say, hey, if you're not going anywhere else, I want to invite you to Christmas Eve at Crossroads. I'll be there. It'll be awesome. We'll sing some of your best favorite Christmas songs, and, and hundreds of people will be holding fire in their hands. Anything could happen. Just, yeah, just come for that. And, and, and you could invite people because I'm telling you, listen, there are people here today that they only were coming for one time. 
But the next thing they knew, they were coming back and coming back and coming back. I talked to somebody after first service. They said, that was so true. They said, it wasn't even me. I was bringing my dad here on the third Sunday in the theater. And they said, and, and dad said, I don't know if I'm going to come back or not. And, and then he decided, well, maybe one more week. Let's go another week. And she said, I'm, we weren't even going to church anywhere. And so they came back on the fourth Sunday. And she says, and dad quit going, and we kept going. And she says, and now it's been 19 years, and we're here in this church, and we're serving, and a part of this church family, and going forward in our faith, and being trying to be all God wants us to be. How many can shout over that today? Because it's amazing. I mean, that could be your neighbor. That could be your friend at work. You, you have no idea. And no matter how crazy this season gets, remember this, God is with us. He's with us. And, and there was a message that was preached. S.M. Lockridge preached this in 1976 in Detroit, Michigan. I just pulled an excerpt from it. There's more than this, but... Let me just read you this. This is so inspiring to me. He said, my king was born king. He is enduringly strong. He is entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. That's my king. He's God's son. He's the sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He stands alone in himself. He's honest. He's unique. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's supreme. He's preeminent. He's the grandest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the supreme problem in higher criticism. He's the fundamental doctrine of historic theology. He's the carnal necessity of spiritual religion. That's my King. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything good that you choose to call him. He's the only one able to supply all our needs simultaneously. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He's the almighty God who guides and keeps all his people. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the aged. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. That's my king. Do you know him? 
Do you know him? He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. He's the master of the mighty. He's the captive, captain of the conquerors. He's the head of the heroes. He's the leader of the legislators. He's the governor of governors. He's the prince of princes. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. His office is manifold. His promise is sure. His light is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. I wish I could describe him to you, but he's indescribable. That's my king. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible, and he is irresistible. I'm coming to tell you that the heaven of heavens can't contain him, let alone some man explain him. You can't get him out of your mind, and you can't get him off of your hands. You can't outlive him and you can't live without him. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree about him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. That's my king. He has always been and he always will be. I'm talking about the fact that he had no predecessor and he'll have no successor. There's nobody before him and there'll be nobody after him. You can't impeach him (laughs) and he's not going to resign because that's my king. That's my king. If you know him, if he's your king, give him praise. I'm talking about don't lose sight of him in the middle of the mess. In the middle of the mess, he's there. There's something to hold on to. There's purpose in your pain. You got to switch your perspective. He is working. I may not see his hand. I may not see his face, but I can trust his heart right now that he has his best, my best interest at hand, and he's going to bring glory to his name somehow, some way through this. You may have family problems that are crazy, but our king is eternal and still sits on the throne. See, Joseph, there's a bigger story here than a nice Jewish boy falls in love with a nice Jewish girl and they just love each other and they get married 
and they live happily ever after in Nazareth. I know that's your plan, but there's a bigger story going on. There's a bigger story going on. And Joseph, if you had your way right now, if you did what you were thinking of doing, nobody would ever know your name. But if you'll do what I'm telling you to do, if you'll follow my plan right now, people 2,000 years from now in a town you don't even know exists, on a continent you don't even know is out there, in a world that thinks it's flat, I'm telling you on the other side of this globe, there's a town called Avon, Indiana, and 2,000 years from now, a guy named Craig will be talking about you and about this conversation that we had together and about your obedience to the word of God. And as a result, your name will be written down. As a matter of fact, some of you have plaster Joseph in your house, right? Some of you maybe have plastic Joseph in your yard. And you need to be delivered of that, all right? After church, we'll... I'm just teasing. Maybe. But, uh, but here's the thing. is your story. You, you just... See, here's what we do. Here's what we humans do. We get caught up in our story. And we somehow think it's all about us. And, and sometimes what has to happen is a problem has to drop in for us to realize that there's a bigger story going on. See, there, there's a God story going on. Hello? And how many of you, you'd rather have God's story than any story you could come up with, right? My prayer today is, God, help us to hear from you, to hear what you have to say about the story that needs to get played, and then, God, let me have the wisdom and the courage to do it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, help us in days where the pressure's on and the stress level goes high and Stuff's happening around us, and God, so many of us, we can be tempted to sit down and figure out a plan. We, we can just come, come out and say, oh, I, I know what we need to do, A, B, C. When God, you have a better idea. You have a higher idea. Your thoughts are above our thoughts. Your ways are above our ways. So God, help us to trust that. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Craig, man, I, I don't want to get off track with God's plan and purpose for my life. And I realize that, yeah, when, when, it's, when uh, it, it seems like stuff's breaking loose in my house or household or in my mind or at work or at school or whatever it is, that, that sometimes I just, instead of looking up, I look in and I, I start thinking about my ideas and I don't want to do that. I want to follow God's plan. I want to follow God's purpose for my life. And I want to realize the purpose and the potential in the pain that I might be in in the moment, knowing there's a greater glory 
that's yet ahead. If that's your prayer, will you just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's how I want to live my life. Yeah, hands up all over this room. Father in heaven. No doubt if we were totally honest, all of us do this. We all scheme and plan and, and, and we come up with ideas. And God, most of all, what we need to do is hear from you. We need to hear from heaven. And God, your ways are above our ways. Your thoughts are above our thoughts. And sometimes because of that, we don't see clearly. So God, help us in the meantime. Because five years from now, we'll see what you were up to. Sometimes it only takes five months and we'll see what you were up to. So God, we don't want to settle for less than your best plan for us. And let your purpose be revealed so that your glory can shine through our lives. Maybe others of you are here. When we talk about God with us, God being with us, maybe that's not really your experience because maybe if you were to be totally honest you would say I I don't feel like God's with me I I don't feel like God's in me or whatever that you're talking about Craig I I don't have that experience in my life or maybe you you felt like at one point in time in your life you kind of had that but you walked away from God and maybe you think you've gone too far and, and I believe that's the enemy talking to us because the Bible teaches we can't go too far, but what? He can reach us still. And my voice today is being used maybe as God's voice from heaven to speak to you to say, hey, hey, I want to come into your life. I, I want to bring my presence and make it known in your life and if you're here this morning and you say Craig if there is a God and he can do that and and if I could have an experience with him I want to have that experience I, I want him to come if his Holy Spirit can actually come if that higher power could come into my life today then I want I need God in my life if that's you just raise your hand right now I'm going to pray for you right where you are yes I see those hands how many others over here God bless you some others all right all right several people in different spots raised hands so church family let's just pray this out loud all of us to encourage those who lifted their hand and lives are going to be changed and transformed in this service today. Just say this with me. Just say it after me. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus as heaven's gift to earth, the gift of salvation. And I know I need saving because I have been a sinner. But I want to be changed. So today I ask you to wash away my past. Give me a new beginning. From this point on, as much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for coming in through the power of your Holy Spirit and changing my life from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody. Let's praise him for that. It's awesome.